Hi, good morning. I, uh, for this morning, I am actually uh, wrapping up the series for Under the Banner of Restoration. And, uh, sorry, series just came on. And uh, this, this is a series, again, as a reminder on what God has called us to do and to be. Uh, it's, it's good for us to always go through a series on who we are, our visions, our values, and, and, and the things that we believe in, and the things that God has called us to do uh, early in the year, so then as we plan for our activities and the events and what have you, we want to make sure that everything that we do as a church will, should have one of these four objectives um, in mind, if you can show those four. So, so at least it has something to do with, um, for example, when we have the youth groups, which is a connect students, the idea is also to reach out to people and to share with the kids about who Jesus is. When we have connect groups, it's about to build relationship and bring restoration to our people and help us to transform into someone else different. And obviously, when we go out into the business world during the Mondays through Fridays, which I know you guys do, so do I. I also work on during the week, so it's a chance for us to share with others about who Jesus is and let the Holy Spirit work through us and live within us. So uh, anyway, it's a brief summary um, on what we have discussed so far, just in case you guys have missed uh, a week. So three weeks ago, I shared on the topic of God calling us as a church, as a restoration, to go and share the gospel, to, to share the good news. That's what we call rescuing people. Uh, two weeks ago, Vanessa... Two weeks ago, Vanessa shared on restoration as a place to, to give people rest. That's a place where, where people can slowly come back and be restored back to whom God has called us to be. It's a place where we can come, people can come and learn about who Jesus is, and Jesus is our Lord and our Savior. Uh, I use the term people or day very loosely because each and every one of us, we have been that day, right, in the past. I think all of us, there have been a time when we didn't know Jesus, didn't believe in Jesus, and didn't, maybe for some of, some of you, that's not the case, but for me, I didn't want anything to do with Jesus. But as we get to know who he is, then he can slowly bring restoration to us. Uh, last week, I shared on the topic of uh, reform, as people are being reformed, people are being transformed, people who no longer live according to the, the norms or the rules of our uh, society, or according to what uh, the media uh, is telling us that how we should look and how we should dress, or the marketing executives, or uh, the advertising agencies, or the fashion executives. I hope none of you guys, this, that's not what you do. Uh, we don't want to live according to what those people are telling us how we should live, and what we should live, and where we should live. We, as we've been spiritually transformed, through our revelation of Jesus and through our relationship with Jesus, now we're transformed and we should live according, according to what God is teaching us. Because we've been transformed, right, into God's people. We're no longer someone that just lives in North Center or Roscoe Village, but we're God's people. We belong in the kingdom of God. And uh, this week, I'm going to close off the series on the topic of um, restoration as a place as a place where people have come to know re Jesus and we are being transformed and we are released to live and be the people that God has called us to be. Um, it doesn't have to be uh, church planters. Not everybody's going to plant a church because if that's what you want to do, please don't. Do it if God's called you to do. If you want to be a worship leader, please don't. If God called you to be it, be it. Be the 
things and go into the area that God has called us to go into and to be. That's what it means to live a transformed life, to know who God has called us to be. Uh, so, so that's what it means to be released. But it's important to note that these topics or these bullet points, they are, to, uh, f- they are functioning and operating simultaneously. So, so they, we, we go through these together because some of us are being restored, some of us are being transformed, some of us are being released, and some of us are just resting. So keep that in mind. Uh, so it's not like the whole church is going to stop and go through the season of restoring people. Because we are very unique people with different upbringing, different background, different revelation of who Jesus is. And uh, our growth is relying on where we're at and what, where God is taking us. So uh, I, an example I like to use is I like to use a biblical illustration of um, a biblical figure of how God has uh, grabbed hold of someone and took that person through four different stages. So I'm going to use Gideon. Gideon's from Judges chapter 6 through chapter 8 of how a person went through these stages. And I want to encourage everyone to read Gideon as is, is a great example of a, what a person can do. A person can do amazing feats, incredible things when we put our trust in God. And also, just so you know, so you can get ahead. Uh, next month, we're going to do a series on the life of Gideon. So it's good to to read up on Gideon and learn about Gideon. So when we go through that series together, you will have an idea of what's going on. So if we say something incorrectly, you can point it out and correct us, right? Uh, Please don't correct us on the Sunday morning, maybe afterward. So so just to talk about Gideon as how God has taken someone to go through these four different stages. Uh, It started out in Judges chapter 6 that Israel did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And that's a common theme that was running through the Old Testament. You know, in Judges chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, Judges chapter 6 with Gideon, and then eventually throughout all the Old Testament. And I'm sad to say, it's still going on right now throughout the New Testament. So anyway, um, uh, because the Israelites did evil in the eye of the Lord, so they were crying out to the Lord because the, the, the Midianites, Midianites was oppressing them. So they cried out to the Lord, and God heard their cry, and God came and rescued them through Gideon. So firstly, he came and rescued Gideon by appearing to him. Because Gideon was hiding. Right? He was hiding in the caves, in the caves, he was hiding in the cliffs, and when God appeared to Gideon, for those of you who are familiar with this story, Gideon keeps saying, wait, God, it can't be me. You don't want to use me. You don't want to rescue me because I'm the least of the least. Right? I'm the least in my family, and my family is the weakest in all the families of Israel. So I think you're mistaken, God. I think you meant to get someone else. Um, and keep this in mind, but God wants to rescue each and every one of us. But at the same time, as I was going through this, I wanted to remind us, and I can speak from experience, because we always have a tendency, I think most of us have a tendency to think that we're not good enough. Right? We're not educated enough. We're not uh, um, talented enough. Or we are not um, uh, charismatic enough, or whatever it is. So we tend to take a step back and not be able to walk fully into what God has for us. So when God opens doors and opportunities, we need to walk through. Because in the natural, we have a tendency to think that if we're right here, if we get to this point, this is good enough. But God wants to take us so much more. And so much further. But anyway, I know I'm going off track right now, but I just want to say, so Gideon was rescued through his meeting with God. In uh, Judges chapter 6, 
And then God restored Gideon. He restored him by giving him small tasks to do and to achieve. And if you're familiar with the story of Gideon, so what God did is ask him to do little things at first. Go and demolish the Baal temple. Baal is the pagan god that other people were worshiping. And take down the Asherah pole. Did I say that correctly? So that's what God wanted Gideon to do first, to slowly restoring him, to say, hey, you were worshiping this. You were following these type of rules, but now I am your God. So Gideon's being reminded, oh, I'm being restored. I am God's people. I will take this temple and this asteroid pole down, and I'm going to lift up the name of our God. So God wants us to slowly make some changes within our spheres of influence, first and foremost, right? So it's, it's a little thing to know that now I belong to God now. God wants to use me. I'm God's people. I'm not going to think too little of myself anymore. So when God asks us to trust him, right, because he started out by saying, I will be with you. When God says, trust me, it means actively to do something. He wants us to slowly make some changes to trust me and follow the things that I have called you to do. So what Gideon did is, he went and he did something very little, small things at the time. But it's about the doing and being, um, being active. Okay, I, I, know, I know I'm going off course right now, so let me try to get back. So anyway, rescue, restore. So by, by, by restoring Gideon to remind him of who should you be worshiping? Me, not Baal, or what have you. And then God slowly transforming Gideon. And that's, Gideon become... Uh, Gideon was transformed into something that God has spoken over him because the first thing that God said to Gideon was, a mighty warrior, I am with you. But Gideon was the least of the least, right? He belonged to the lowest clan within the tribe, but God said, my mighty warrior. Gideon, a mighty warrior. So because of his trust in God, it's like, God, you are with me. Because God said, I will be with you. That's how Gideon slowly transformed into what God has spoken of who Gideon should be. That's the transforming. And, and eventually Gideon got a new name, for those of you who may not know. Jeroboam is someone who contends with Baal, someone who will fight against Baal. And it's something that we see throughout scriptures, right? We see these people with different names. Abram became Abraham, right? We see Jacob became Israel. We see Saul became Paul, and we see Simon became Peter. So as people are being transformed into the image that God has created for each of us, there's a new name for us, and we become someone else. We're living a different life. And Gideon, became, and Gideon, Gideon was released by going and rescue his people, by bringing 300 men. For those of you who are not familiar with the story, actually, if you're not, I encourage you to read Judges chapter 6, 7, and 8. It's an amazing story. Actually, it's one of my favorite biblical uh, figures. Gideon was released to rescue people because God told him to, instead of taking 20,000 men, take 300. Take 300 men to go fight against 135,000 soldiers. 300 versus 135,000 soldiers. We know that is from Judges uh, chapter 8 verse 10. Just to give you an idea of how vast and powerful the enemies, the Midianites were, it, it said the camels could no more be counted than the sand on the seashore. That's how amazingly and how vast the Midianites were. 
And the Midianites were so oppressive that, that um, Gideon had to hide. The Israelites had to live in caves because the Midianites would come and rob them and take everything from them. Uh, they, it was, this is what this was described of the Midianites at the time. It was impossible to count them or their camels. That's from Judges chapter 6, verse 2 through 5. It was impossible to count them. That's how vast and, and, and big they were. However, Gideon was able to do all of those things. He was released to do all those things because of God. Not because Gideon was stronger, right? Not because he was smarter. Not because he was uh, um, uh, aware of uh, strategic uh, battles. Not because he was bigger than anyone else. He couldn't be because Midianites were so vast and so big. It was impossible to count them. But only because of Gideon's trust in God, that God has released him, allowed him to go and rescue his people. Because God said, I will be with you. It's along the line of what came through from uh, um, Gavin. Trust in God and be thankful. And he will be with us. And he will take us through all the obstacles and all the challenges. Whatever we face, God will take us through it. Because this is what God spoke to Gideon before Gideon was restored or transformed and be released. The Lord spoke to Gideon and said, I will be with you. This is in Judges chapter 6, verse 16. I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. So this was even before Gideon was willing to do anything. He said, I will be with you, and you will strike down all of your enemies. The enemy that was impossible to count. You will strike them all down and leaving none alive. So, put yourself in that picture. If God speak that over us, calling me a mighty warrior, I think I would say, God, I think this is Hugh you're talking to. I think you meant someone else. So, let that be an example for us to look up to. Because this was not a fictional story. Not at all. Right? Because everything in the Bible, we know that it happened. The historical and geographical and, and uh, anthropology um, evidence for that. And it was just one of the exam- many examples of, of when one of us put our trust and our faith in God. So God rescued us and he restored us. Everyone at restoration. And eventually, as we as we're being restored by God, put our trust in him, follow his spirit, he will slowly transform us into someone else. Someone that no longer living a life of our past because of whatever that happened. Whether it because of abuses or incorrect teaching or, or just uh, temptations or addictions or what have you. When we trust in his spirit and follow him, God will transform us into someone in an image of a person that he has created for us to be. That's what it means to be restoring people, restoring people to their calling, what God has called them to be. So Gideon was restored by God, right, as a mighty warrior to bring freedom to others, to his people. A mighty warrior. Gideon was a mighty warrior, even though he didn't think that he was. And it was impossible for all of Israelites to even think of how they can defeat the Midianites. But he was a living uh, a, a warrior because he was approached by God. So that was the Old Testament, right? So in the Old Testament, we hear things through a prophet, right? If for those of you who are familiar with the Old Testament, a prophet would come. People would go to the prophet to try to hear from God, or God would speak to someone. However, we're in a New Testament time now. We don't need to go to a prophet to hear what God has to tell us. 
the New Testament time, I actually would refer to it as the spiritual golden age. Can I say that? Because God speaks to us directly all the time, every time, during the day, at night, when we're playing, when we're walking, when we're sleeping even. God speaks to us all the time because Jesus said, surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. That's what Jesus said. So that means always means always. It doesn't mean 99% of the time. Always means always. So we're in the spiritual golden age because God is with anyone and everyone all the time. So trust that God is with us. Trust in his leading. Um, I'm looking at my notes, and I'm just nowhere, anywhere near my notes. So I'm trying to get back. So uh, God's calling us as a church, restoration, to go and share the good news. Help people be restored. Help point people to Jesus so they can be transformed. Have a revelation of who Jesus is. Have a relationship with Jesus, and then release them. So then those people, us, each and every one of us, can go and share the good news with others. Using the example of Gideon, remember, it was 300 warriors against 135,000. He killed them all. He defeated them all. So this is an example of how God took just one of us to go through these stages, so then to bring his people back. And that's why he's calling us also to go and bring restoration to his people. And that should always be our main goal, right? It should always be our main objective. Yes, we want to be restored. We want to have favor and blessing but because Jesus has called us to bring restoration to his people. That is what we should do. So if I can say the best way to sum up this, this fourth objective in terms of releasing, being released, what does it look like to be released, is to follow the example of Jesus and to obey Jesus, obey the command of Jesus. Because everything that we do corporately or individually will always come back to Jesus, right? To glorify Jesus everywhere. So firstly, if I can encourage you guys, it's once we've been transformed and once we have a revelation of who Jesus is and have a relationship with him, the next step for us to be able to be released is to look at the example of Jesus. Because unlike the Old Testament, we don't need to go out and fight people all the time, right? Kill them, take all their stuff. We're in the spiritual golden age now. And it's a spiritual battle. It's not a physical battle. It's a spiritual battle. So what we do is we follow the example of Jesus because Jesus, he obeyed the will of our Heavenly Father. Because, right? He said, not my will, but your will be done. That's what Jesus said. He came so we can all have eternal life. He came so we, through our faith in Jesus, that his death on the cross, we can live with an eternal perspective, both the here and now, and knowing that there's a future inheritance for us. It's very different than living for one day at a time, or one paycheck at a time. Can I say that? Hopefully that won't offend anyone. Because when we live for just one day at a time, that's all we see. If we live for one paycheck at a time, that's all we see. I understand we need to pay our bills, but when we live with that perspective, we forget there's a future inheritance waiting for us. Because if we know there's a future inheritance and our future generations for the things that we want them to have, we will approach our one day at a time differently, right? We'll approach our one week differently because we know that we're going to live forever and ever and ever. And as, as, as we follow the example of Jesus, he, right, he lived among us. 
and he talked to people about the kingdom of God. He showed people what the kingdom of God is like because if we have an internal perspective, we will know that in heaven, there's no sickness, there's no disease, no sadness, no anxiety, there's no pain. So if we're feeling any pain right now, just know that in the future, in heaven, there will be no pain. It's something for us to look forward to. Instead of allowing our pain and our anxiety and our fear to control us, just know that because of Jesus, we're no longer subject to those things. It's not just positive thinking. It's knowing and trusting in God. It's going back to what we said about Gideon. Trust in God because he said, I will be with you to the very end of the age. Right? And also following the example of Jesus meaning that we are to live among the people. Right? Jesus was walking among the people. He was teaching the people. He, was, he, was, um, um, te- um, he, he wasn't in, like, in the temple and you guys all come to me. He was going to different places. So that means being among the people, not in isolation or joining a commune off the grid somewhere. So if you hear someone talking about Jesus and let's go to the boonie, that's wrong. I will say that right now. That's wrong. Jesus wants us to be among the people. To, to love on people, to share with people about who Jesus is. So if we, if we feel like we need to be at home and don't want to face people or don't want to be around people, that's not an example of Jesus. Jesus is always calling us to build relationship and build fellowship with each other. Um, was that too strong? Hopefully that was not too strong for you guys. Um, we are, and we are followers of Jesus. And then follow his example. Jesus never denied that he was the son of God. And that was the reason for why the Pharisees and the, and the religious leaders to prosecute him. Because he said, I'm the son of God. And I'm telling you, you've been wrong this whole time. So those guys, the Pharisees and the religious leaders didn't like it. So they put him on the cross. So for us, don't be timid. Don't be shy or embarrassed when the subject of our faith or our God comes up. If I can encourage you guys, I completely understand the working environment, you can't talk about politics and God, right? I get it. I'm in the workplace too. But when people ask us, hey, how was your weekend? There you go. How was your weekend? What did you do? I went to church. That's how we can slowly talk about things. I know if people don't want to talk about that, that's okay. But it's okay for us to talk about it because for us to follow the example of Jesus is to talk about who he is and who we are, and share the good news of Jesus. I get it. I understand. It's not easy. That's one of the benefits of being a bivocational. I actually understand what it's like to be in the setting and talk about God, talk about Jesus. But it's okay, because if we are to follow the example of Jesus, we need to talk like him and act like him. Right? So we are to talk with people and be with people, and talk with people about the King Jesus and the kingdom of God that we belong to. Because we belong to the kingdom of God now. Share with people about this king and this kingdom that we belong to. So that's just following the example of Jesus and follow his lifestyle. And so the second thing is follow his command. What did Jesus tell us to do? I think we all, hopefully we all know this, right? The Great Commission. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age, meaning forever. 
So I just want to take a look at the very first sentence to say, therefore. So whenever you see therefore in the scriptures, it's talking about now that you know all the things that has come before, therefore. So all the things that came before was the revelation that Jesus is the Savior, is, a, is our God, is our King. He came and died on the cross for us. He said he's given us all authority on earth and in heaven. He's given us the keys to the kingdom of God. We've been restored. We've been rescued. We've been transformed. Now is when we're being released because we have been equipped and we know all the gifts that he's giving to us. So therefore, so the next step, go and make disciples of all nations. So go. I know English is a second language, but go is an active word, right? Go is not to sit. Go is not to sleep. Go is to physically go and be in the different places. It doesn't apply to just adventurous people, right? It's like, oh, there's adventurous people. They're the ones that are going to be going. No, it's all of us. We are to go. It applies to all of us. It's a command, right? We talk about Jesus as our king, of this kingdom that we belong to. Because when the king gives us command, do we just say, well... Well, I don't know, maybe next year, I don't feel like doing it right now. No, we, we have to go and make disciples. Go doesn't mean you have to travel to the different nation to plant a church. Please don't, if that's not what God called you to do. Go is to even go to a gathering on a neighborhood block. That's where we can go and share about Jesus. Go is just go hang out with a friend who's in need. That can be a goal also. As long as we're physically going somewhere. Goal is to knock on our neighbor's door because you haven't seen them for a couple weeks just to see if they're okay. That's what the goal is. It doesn't mean going to a nation somewhere. At least we're making an effort to go and be ready to go. Right? I know this is for me personally, but I feel all, of, all Christians, all followers of Jesus should at least own a passport. We don't need to go to the nation, but at least if we're prepared, if we prepare and God called us to go, we are able to go. Otherwise, we can always come up with an excuse, right? It's like, uh, I can't go, God, because I don't have a passport. Well, if we are prepared, and we know that God's wanting us to go and share, right? Go and make disciples in all nations. I didn't read that incorrectly, right? Of all nations, not just five nations or one nation. Go and make disciples of all nations. And I, again, not everyone needs to, to go to another nation, but at least it's for us to be prepared if God calls us because he will call us to go somewhere. And make disciples, meaning just live in a way that others will want to emulate and imitate and want something from the life of God. Right? Like Paul said, uh, imitate, what did he say? Imitate me as they imitate Christ. Live in a way that people will want something from our lives. Because when we have the Spirit of God in us, what does that have? Gratefulness, wisdom, joy, love, peace, kindness, and patience. If people see that, and if that's what they want, they will come and ask, what is it that you have? How is it that you're always grateful when things are so tough? How is it that you always have rest and peace when I see so much chaos going on? How is it like that? Because... Do you want to imitate someone who's always stressed out, always crabby and angry, and always frustrated? I, I know on the day-to-day, -day, if you have kids, you're going to have those days. I have one right here. But in general, we want to live with the Spirit of God. And then when we have the Spirit of God, that's when someone's going to want to see. It's like, wow, 
What is it? Why, with all these things that's going on, you're still finding rest and you have a hope? What is that hope? What is that foundation? Why do you find security in that? I just want to use an example for you guys. Just this morning, I was reading on the news, the coronavirus. You guys have been hearing about the coronavirus in Wuhan, China? Christians are walking around, handing out tracts, and giving out face masks in Wuhan, in China. For those of you, if you know China, so the police officers actually come up, listen to them, and they will get a tract, get a face mask, and go off. And another police, they will tell another police officer to go back and say, hey, can I hear what you have to say? Why are you not afraid? That's what it means. Because people will see, it's like, what is it that you have that I don't have? I want a piece of that. And that's when you can share about who God is. I know that's an extreme example, but on a day-to-day basis, it's something that we are to share with people. Because no one's going to want when we're always yelling and screaming at people all the time, right? They're going to get away as far as they can. I mean, I would. I don't know about you. Maybe you guys may like to come around, but we want to be around people. And that's what it means to make disciples. I was talking about making disciples. It's not about trying to make copycats, but just make disciples by sharing about Jesus, pointing people to Jesus, talking about the life of Jesus and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus is the only one who can tell people how to find true joy and peace, right? Jesus is the only one who can tell people who they were meant to be and who God has created for them to be. This is something that I always try to remind myself, to know Jesus and make him known. To know Jesus and make him known. It's, it's something that's really good for us to always remember to live by. Do we know Jesus? How much do we know Jesus? And are we making him known? Are we making Jesus known? Because that's, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. All right, so all nations. Talking about all nations, right? Go and make disciples of all the nations. People from all walks of life, from different ethnicity, right? Different upbringing, economic status, different educational background, uh, different generations. I know we're really small, but if you look around just us here in this, within this church, there's so many different countries. That I actually keep counting this um, on Saturday morning. We have people from 15 different nations, just here. 15 different nations. I'm, I'm not talking about like five generations ago. I'm talking about people that came from 15 different nations. That's amazing, isn't it? That's a picture of what it looks like to be released into the nations because people are coming and then eventually we're going to be released into all the different nations. Many different generations. Can I say? We have kids from two years old up to, you know, something, 80-something. Because as we're living out his examples and follow his command, things will naturally, naturally appear like the way that was meant to be of what God has want his people to be. It's a mix of all the different types of, of um, nations and generations and backgrounds. So the practical applications, if I can get to the point of the practical application. Okay, let me sum up really quick. So to be released, the things that we have to do is follow his example and obey his command. And what can we do practically work that out. It's, it's something that I say a lot for us is we walk the walk and we talk to talk. Right? Is that okay for me to say? 
Hopefully it's not going to strike any uh, sensitive nerve. Walk the walk. Live a transformed life daily. Live like we've been actually been transformed. We've been rescued. We've been restored by Jesus. Live and grow in our revelation of Jesus. Grow in our, our relationship with Jesus. And be comfortable and confident and secure in who God has called us to be. Like an example I said earlier, whether you are a social worker, to be a teacher, to be a nurse, a lawyer, business person, a worship leader, whatever it is, once we find our security and identity in Christ, we're to walk that out and be confident in it. Don't let the obstacle turn us away. Because when we are trying to be who God has called us to be, there will always be fear and doubt and worries and trying to say, who are you? Who do you think you are? Like Gideon, right? The least of the least, the lowest family of all the families. You are a mighty warrior? Come on, look in the mirror. That is what the enemy will always say to us. But listen to God, that's why we always stress. Keep our eyes and our focus on Jesus because he will remind us of who we are. In the example of Gideon, a mighty warrior. I will be with you. And you will strike down your enemy, leaving none alive, right? Jesus said that I will be with you always to the very end of the age. So don't let fear and anxiety take us out. And if you can say next is talk the talk. Share about the kingdom and the king that we belong to. Those who we have interaction on a daily basis. They're the ones who see how we've been walking the walk. Right? So if we walk the walk, People will see that we live differently. People will see that we think differently. People will see that we make decisions differently. And they're going to want ask us. Just like I used the example of Wuhan uh, with the coronavirus. Everyone's hiding. Everyone's staying at home. But these Christians actually are walking around, sharing the gospel, passing out tracts. See, when we do things differently, they're going to want to know, wait, shouldn't you be in hiding? Shouldn't you be uh, hiding away somewhere? But why are you walking around? And who is this person that you have a hope and believe in? That's when we can talk the talk. So that's why I want to encourage you guys. When people ask, don't be afraid to share. Trust that God will speak through us and he will be with us. Because when people ask us about it, because when we have been walking the walk, they're the ones that we can make the most impact. Because they see how we have lived our life differently. And when we speak and share with them why we have been able to live differently, and they will be able to say, oh, yes, you have actually been living that way. And this is the reason why you live that way. So I want to know more of what that is. Because if we, we have to do both, right? Walk the walk and talk the talk. Because if we don't, if we just walk the walk and don't talk about Jesus, People won't know where to turn to in time of trouble or to learn about where we get our joy and our peace and our hope and our rest, How, where we get our foundation on. So we're, we're, we're always secure in who we are no matter what's going on with the economy, no matter what kind of disease there are. We know that we belong to the kingdom of God. We don't worry about those things. But if we talk the talk and we don't walk the walk, I have a lot of things I can say about that. But I would sum it up to say that we're just a bunch of hypocrites if we talk the talk, but we don't walk the walk. So if I, I want to sum it up by saying that that's the heart of what God has called restoration to be. It's to be the people who come to restore with God. 
be rescued by Jesus, come to know Jesus, and transform into someone who's different in the way of how we live, right? Whether we are single to live as a woman of God or a man of God, or whether we're married to live as a husband or a wife according to scriptures, or as children to parent God, to parent our children like the way that God has called us to do. Like I said, we can't be all things to all everyone. We just need to know who God has called us to be and find our security in God because he has created each of us very differently. For those of you who have kids, I know some of you don't, but for those of you who have kids, you can see that our three kids, they are very different because when you look at them from the perspective of a parent, you see that they're very different, even though we parent them the same, right? Same household, we love them the same, we want to provide the same thing for them, but they are very different. And that's how God has also created for each of us to be. We're very different. Know what it is that God has made us different and uniquely and walk fully into it. Trust that he is with us to the end of the, very, of the age. And be confident in that. I want to end by, uh, as I was preparing for this, I just really felt this for restoration. I know, I think half of us are not here this morning, but I felt this, to speak this prophetic word over all of us. The people who are here, people who are not here, and the people that God is adding to restoration. That we will be the people who will be released to live a life full of the goodness and the love of Jesus to fully understanding what that is, and as we being released and live like that on a day-to-day basis, knowing that God's goodness and God's love is over us. We will be the people who's been released from stronghold and obstacles and generational sins. Generational sins are real. We know that's real, right? We know alcoholic parents tend to have alcoholic kids. Abusive parents tend to have abusive kids, Right? But we will be released from those things. Amen. Right? Strongholds are like blindfolds. Sometimes we don't see those. But because if we draw into to who Jesus is, he will release us from those things. That is the only one that we can point to and draw into because he will bring freedom and breakthrough to all of us. Because through scriptures and through knowing who God is, we can learn how to be parents, how to be husband, how to be wife, how to be a man, how to be a woman. Because... We can't use the example, well, I didn't grow up with a dad, so I don't know how to parent. Maybe it's true you didn't grow up with a dad, but right here, God has taught us how to be a father. Taught me. I'm going to use myself as an example. I grew up without a father, but I know how to be a father because of my understanding and revelation of who God is, his love for me, and through scriptures, and I can apply that in my day-to-day basis. So that's a way, as an example, to break off the generational sin. Absentee father is rampant, not just in this country, everywhere. But when people come back to Jesus, come back to God, those things will be broken off. So we will be the people who's released from those things. We will be people who will be released in time of being free to share the testimony of God's goodness in our lives. Sharing testimonies, a way of speaking of God's goodness, a way to tell others that God is moving in our lives in a practical, real, daily basis. And also we will be the people who will be released to live, fully live a life that was written out and ordained for us. And be secure in who we are and pursue the things that God has written out for us. We know that in Psalm 139, right? 
that all the days of my life were written out for me before I was born. So, for us, as we are being transformed and allow the Holy Spirit to come within us, we will know that all the days that was written out for us, what are those days? What was written about us for those days? So we can walk fully and fulfill that through the Holy Spirit. In the practical, we will never know. We will never know what was written about us. But as we stay in tune with the Holy Spirit and walk in tune with God, have a relationship with him, have a revelation of who he is, we will realize, oh God, this is what you have called me to. For example, Gideon, a mighty warrior. God, you've called me to be a mighty warrior? I will be a mighty warrior. I will defeat all the Midianites, leaving none of them alive. I will free, I will be used by you to free my people, our people. That's what it means to fully live out a life that was written and ordained by God for us. So let us be the people who are transformed by a revelation of Jesus and a relationship with him. Let's be the transformed people who are released by God to go and make disciples of all nations, right? And all generations. Amen? Amen. Okay, can I pray for, can I, um, pray for us and we can end the meeting for this morning? Father, we just want to thank you for you, God. We just want to thank you for the mandate that you've given us. It may seem heavy, it may seem burdensome, but with you, God, all things are possible. All things are possible, God. Because as we draw into you, as we follow you, as we put our trust in you, we know that you are always with us. Because you said, I will always be with you. And we want to put our trust in that, Lord, and continue to step into the things that you have for us to walk into all the doors that have been opened up for us because of you, God, and be able to fulfill the days that were written out for us by you, even before we were born. And we just want to thank you for that, Lord. Just thank you for that privilege that we can do those things, Lord, to be used by you, to be released by you, God, to live fully the life that was written out for us. And let's pray, Holy Spirit, that you will come and solidify these things, Lord. Allow us to have a greater revelation of who you are. Allow us to come to know more of who you are, God. It's not about religion. It's not about the checkbox. It's not about what you're supposed to do. It's not a conditional thing. It's because of your love for us that spurs us on to become more than we thought it was possible. I just want to speak these things over us, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you will restore your people. Restore families, Lord. Just restore generations. Just allow the, genera- the future generation to come and, and know more of who you are, God. We love you and we worship you. And we pray to all these things in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.